Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, which features the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. The sales of many products are seasonal. For example, festivals such as Lunar New Year and Christmas and occasions such as Valentine's Day are times of gift-giving. The festival calendar leads to a seasonal variation in what and how much consumers purchase. However, accurately predicting the sales of a focal product in such periods is often particularly challenging. Assistant Professor of Marketing Onyeban Mukherjee from SMU's Lee Kong Chien School of Business has been studying how consumers change in their outlook and behaviour with the broader environment and how marketers should best respond to such changes. In this podcast, he describes a new empirical model that investigates the source and extent of sales seasonality. He also discusses the impact of the economy on consumers, particularly in eco-friendly products. And finally, he shares his views on the changing Asian consumer. Professor, this concept of seasonality in marketing and sales, what does it mean? And what challenges or opportunities does it pose to marketers? Uh, What is commonly referred to as seasonality in sales is actually the confluence of two different forces. First, demand is often intrinsically seasonal. For example, your products which are uh, winter sales products, skiing products, uh, they tend to be seasonal because skiing only happens in the winter. Uh, Other soccer products, for example, are seasonal because of televised championships. So you get seasonality because of the intrinsic nature of the demand. Second, products are seasonal because the manufacturers tend to release their best products and the newest products close to periods of peak seasonality. And so you see uh, the new electronics products released close to the holiday season when gift giving is at at its maximum. And you see uh, new running shoes released very close to the summer shopping season, there are summer running season. And so for marketers, what the challenge really is, is in being able to understand the seasonal demand cycle and the supply cycle uh, and being able to manage the release cycles accordingly. We understand that you've done some interesting research and even developed a new empirical model that can help marketers better analyze the seasonality of sales. Can you tell us more about this new model? So marketers typically only observe net sales, which is the joint result of both of these forces. In joint work with Professor Vinder Kadiali at Cornell University, I develop a new empirical model that helps to separate between these forces. Uh, The model derives from a new modeling paradigm called structural modeling. The idea in structural modeling is to not just model the quantity that you see, that you observe directly. For example, sales directly as a function of what it is that you're observing or or that you're doing, but to try to understand the consumer more fundamentally in understanding that the choices that each specific consumer is making as a function of the environment the consumer is facing. And so this technique requires more in-depth understanding of the consumers. It requires more in-depth knowledge of the environment in the sense of prices being faced, the exact product attributes, the exact selection that the consumer has. But the payoff of this model is to really understand the choices or the drivers of the choices of each household or each unit of analysis. Uh, The advantage of this is that you're able to more carefully uh, calibrate the model to any change that the firm makes. Say, for example, in prices or products, 
uh, and and the net of it is that your final predictions or your final forecasts are far more accurate than if you were to just take sales and to run a more conventional marketing analysis technique. What can firms learn from such academic research on seasonality? In general, the academic research seems to suggest that firms often overestimate the extent of seasonality that is being brought about due to the consumer's intrinsic preferences sort of changing over time. Uh, they tend to overcluster their releases, so there is a little bit of a following the herd effect going on. Now, it is a, it's difficult to buck the trend, but if you do, the academic research seems to suggest that uh, the payoffs are fairly high. Uh, because in peak seasons, the market stealing effect from increased competition outweighs the benefits of a boost in sales from the underlying seasonality. And so one may actually be better off focusing on the lean season and releasing some, if not all, of your products in the lean season uh, and forsaking the ex extra consumer tension and demand from the peak season by releasing in the lean season. You've spoken about how seasons and festivals affect consumer demand. Taking a broader perspective, how do changes in macroeconomic conditions affect consumer preferences? The macroeconomy seems to have a profound influence on consumers. So in joint work with uh, Professor André Bonfair, who is at the University of Queensland, I'm studying the impact of the economy on sales of major domestic appliances. We find that consumers do change fairly dramatically uh, with the economy. However, the way that they change may not fit the general narrative. Uh, for example, it is commonly believed that in prosperous times, consumers tend to adopt a more eco-conscious viewpoint. Uh, however, what we find is that there is actually a paucity of um, empirical evidence to really justify this optimism. And we find that consumers typically tend to move up to larger sizes of appliances. And so the net effect on energy consumption may actually be negative rather than positive uh, in prosperous times. Similarly, we find that in prosperous times, consumers can be both more eco-conscious and more price sensitive. Uh, what that implies for firms is quite complicated because firms that typically price their eco-conscious products uh, at a premium and firms that also sell cheaper products which tend not to be as eco-conscious, they both fare poorly, while firms that provide affordable eco-conscious products, those are the firms that are going to do well. Um, overall, the difficulty in both uh, the impact of seasonality and understanding the effect of the macroeconomy uh, is similar and uh, it really stems from the need for extensive data and the methods that allow for a separation between how consumers are changing and how consumers' preferences exist and the actions of the firm. Both streams of work use modern econometric techniques and large uh, data sets to really establish how this variable of interest, which in the first case was seasonality and the second case was the macroeconomy, uh, causes a change in preferences and then to understand how marketing effectiveness changes as a function of it. Are there any specific learning points for Asia and Asian firms that we can derive from these research? Well, Asia seems to be in the middle of an economic transition and it seems that the Asian consumer seems to have adopted quite an aspirational mindset. Brands in this new normal need to make a little bit more than a functional promise. 
so for example, kitchen utensils, which were always the most functional of products, uh, seem to be viewed with as much of a aspirational aesthetic kind of mindset as with a functional mindset. You know, your, your new modern kitchen is in some sense the living room of the modern couple because when you cook and you have your friends over, that's where they sit. This is a very different kind of universe than what was uh, even a decade ago. When it comes to understanding the changing Asian consumer, I think what's complicated is the scale and scope of the change, uh, but also the speed at which the change is occurring, which is very, very rapid. Uh, and this is happening at the same time as sort of the growth of a large set of methods uh, of sort of a new wave of data analytics, if you will. Um, and so I think the net of it is that the success or failure of strategies is going to be determined by context as much as uh, sort of, you know, the specific instance you're in. And what, what I think is uh, important is that firms need to be more aggressive than ever in sort of investing and in understanding uh, the data that they're getting and responding to such changes. Now, one of the buzzwords of the decade is big data. But it's not necessarily big data to me as much as a big effort in understanding data and really becoming data-centric as a firm. Thank you, Professor. You're welcome. Thanks.